Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, February 27th, 2021. Well, last weekend, I had the privilege of ministering the Word of God at Grace Bible Church in Hutchinson, Kansas. And I was a part of a youth conference there on Saturday talking about heaven and hell. And it was awesome to see 200 high schoolers from churches all over Kansas and even Oklahoma giving up their Saturdays to come and open up their Bibles and learn from God's Word. It was an awesome thing. My connection to that church came through the man who's the youth pastor and was organizing that conference, a guy I went to school with, a friend named Steve. And Steve and I, we went to the same home Bible study while we were in college. We were in the same major, so we had a lot of the same classes together. And we also went on a missions trip one summer to Uganda. And we were there for six weeks. We did all kinds of ministry all over the country. And it was exciting to see what God was doing and to be a part of it. It was a lot of hard work, too. And towards the end of that time, we finally were able to take a couple days to kind of catch our breath and to actually take some time to enjoy the place that we were. So we drove for a few hours to where we could actually go and and see some of the wild animals you think of when you think of Africa. And we had our team together and we were going and it was an awesome time looking at God's beautiful creation. And finally, we came across what everybody wants to see on a safari and that was a lion. Now, we were, there was a lot of us, there were 10 of us kind of packed into an eight passenger vehicle. And since that was kind of tight, when we were out there cruising around, looking at the animals, a few people would kind of go up through the sunroof and there was a luggage rack on top of the vehicle that people would sit on. Well, as we saw the lion from a distance, we could see it was a lioness with a couple of cubs and Uh, We started to creep ever so slightly closer to get a better view. We all had our cameras out trying to snap pictures. And when we got a little bit too close for the lioness's comfort, she kind of guided her two cubs into a cluster of bushes where we couldn't see them anymore. Well, our missionary host that was leading us on this, a guy named Shannon Hurley, who our church supports, I know Steve's church does as well. He's a very hospitable guy and he wanted us as his visitors to to have a good time. And he didn't want the lion to stay hidden in the cluster of bushes. So he took a water bottle and threw it at the lion into the bushes. Well, the lioness did not really appreciate that so much and responded with a very loud, authoritative growl. Now, at this point, the people sitting on the roof began to freak out quite a bit. And they were pleading with Shannon to move on quickly. And last weekend, as I was talking with Steve, we were reminiscing on this story and I was giving him a hard time for how the people on the roof were freaking out. And he said, well, there was a big difference. I was on the roof, you were in the vehicle. And as we think about that, there were starkly different levels of confidence. And the difference between my level of confidence and Steve's level of confidence was based on circumstances. He put it well. He was not in the vehicle. I was. That made me feel more confident, more safe, and more secure. But there's also, even within the vehicle, they were, there was a difference. Compare me on the one hand with Shannon on the other. Uh, even in that moment, we had varying levels of confidence. And I think some of that was due to personality. I, I'm... 
by nature, a little bit more of a tentative person. Shannon, well, he's the kind of guy that'll chuck a water bottle at a lion. Uh, And that's, I think, frankly, almost the kind of person you have to be to really uh, play in a church and be a leader and and making things work in East Africa, right? There's differences in personality. And that's what I think the world thinks about confidence. The world says, well, your confidence is ultimately going to be based on your circumstances or your personality. And again, time and again in scripture, I think we see Jesus teaching it should actually be something different. And that's where I want us to look at our passage in Matthew today, Matthew 17, 14 through 27. Jesus comes back down the mountain from the transfiguration, and uh, he comes across the rest of his disciples struggling with this man who has a son who has, uh, who's an epileptic, and we see he has uh, demon possession here in this passage. And we know from other passages, they cast a spirit out of this boy. And at the end, the disciples, they say, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. What a statement of confidence. And really, Christians, when we think about confidence, it shouldn't be based on circumstances. It shouldn't be based on personality. It should be based on faith. That's where our confidence should be based on. But then, if you've been at our church for a while, hopefully you start to get this reflex. Whenever somebody tells you to have faith, you should say, faith in what? And I think that's partly what we see here. And some commentators have pointed out on this passage, probably part of the problem was that really the disciples that were failing to cast out this spirit from this boy, they were putting their faith in the wrong place. They were putting their faith really in their own abilities. And you can even see it in their confusion. Why could we not cast it out? They were kind of with an experience now of having done things like this before. They were possibly starting to trust their own abilities. And Jesus, he rebukes them for their little faith. and But we also see that it wasn't just that the amount of their faith, because he says, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, that's something that's very, very small. So Christians and their confidence and their faith, what we should think about is not our circumstances. We shouldn't think about our personalities. We should realize our faith rests on God. And that's where our confidence should come from. And then what happens is we should have a lot of confidence coming from what Jesus says. If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And that's where I think we as Christians do struggle often with the object of our faith. We put the object of our faith in all the wrong places. We put it on our circumstances. We put it on our abilities. We put it on our personalities instead of putting our faith on the solid rock of God and his promises. And that's really the other passage that I focused on last weekend on Sunday morning with that church. We look at Romans 8. Our faith should be based on statements like, if God is for us, who can be against us? Or the next verse, if God has not spared his own son, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? These are the kind of promises that our faith should rest on and that should inspire us, that should lead us forward uh, to see a change, to see growth and to see God do amazing things. 
But Jesus does rebuke them for their little faith. And I think sometimes we need to examine the amount of our own faith. And also to see though a little goes a long way. If we really believe those promises, that even though our faith might sometimes be weak, even though we might struggle, those promises are so strong that even Jesus says, if we have faith like a grain of mustard seed, we will move mountains. Nothing will be impossible. So I want to encourage all of us to gain a deeper confidence, to look at the trials of the world and to see, hey, nothing is impossible for God. And that is where our faith is. And that should give us a new level of confidence. Now, again, we need to be cautious that I think we're tempted to take promises like this and twist it for our own purposes, that this really becomes a message of self-empowerment. You know, believe in Jesus and all your wildest dreams will come true. That's not what the Bible is talking about. And that's not what the disciples were ultimately trying to do. They were trying to help someone, to serve someone, to advance the cause of Christ. And when that is really our objective, that's where I we look at these promises and say, we're going to seek to serve God, to please God, to follow God, and nothing will be impossible because our faith is in Christ. So I hope all of us this weekend, our, our faith is strengthened and we walk away with, with a shot of confidence from this text, not in our own abilities, not in our circumstances, not in our personalities, but in our Savior who makes these incredible statements and promises. And we know that does not mean that life is always going to be easy. And we're reminded of that as we finish up Psalm 30 today. So we look at verses 8 through 12, Psalm 30, verses 8 through 12. And we see as we get into this passage that David does still go through hard things. He says in verse 8, To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, right, he feels like he might die, and he's pleading with God for mercy. But again, this is where, like we talked about yesterday, we need that wider perspective. Because even here, we see David kind of step back from the emergencies, step back from his trials to say to God in verse 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever, right? Even though there's trials in his life, life-threatening, it feels like trials, he still is able to step back and say, God, in the grand scheme of things, though, you have turned my mourning into dancing. You've turned my tears into joy. You've removed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Uh, those are good things. And that's helpful for us in trials to take that step back and look at the bigger picture of all that God has done for us and how he has pulled us out of the pit. And that even though we still go through trials, it would be so much worse if we didn't have all these promises of God to lean on and we didn't have redemption through Jesus Christ. Next, let's move to Leviticus, where today we look at chapters 21 and 22. And here we see a lot about how the priests needed to be sanctified. The priests needed to be holy as they offered these sacrifices. And we also see a lot in chapter 22 about how the sacrifices themselves had to be holy, right? These had to be special people, the priests, and special 
sacrifices. You couldn't just bring a, a lame sacrifice. It had to be pure. It had to be holy. And that's where I'm reminded even of the book of Hebrews, where we're reminded that Jesus Christ is the great high priest, the ultimate high priest, and he's also the great sacrifice. And so as we read these passages, I'm reminded, well, we have a perfectly holy high priest in Jesus Christ, and we have a spotless lamb also in Jesus Christ. And we should, as Christians, be grateful for those things. And we should also be motivated by words like at the end of chapter 22, in verse 31, where it says, so you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord and you shall not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. And that should be our goal as well. That should be our ambition, that we would not profane God's holy name with sin in our own lives. That we should now, with the freedom that Christ has set us free, seek to use that to pursue him in holiness and righteousness, knowing that it's not ultimately based on us and our works. It's based on the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Finally, I want us to notice a good example in Acts chapter 18, as we look at verses 18 through 28. And Paul now begins another journey, records some of his travels, and we see him in Ephesus, and uh, he wants to spend more time there, but doesn't, and he, he will. We'll see a lot of that in chapter 19, him spending more time there. But in the meantime, while he is not in Ephesus, his friends Priscilla and Aquila are, and they run into this guy named Apollos. And he was an eloquent man, it says in verse 24, competent in the scriptures, and he is teaching people boldly. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the word of God more accurately. And he, they did this because he only was teaching and only knew the baptism of John. And so they come and they explain more to him. And when he wishes to cross to Achaia, we think to go to the church at Corinth, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace believed. And he was a powerful teacher. And that's a good example. Here was this guy, Apollos, teaching well in a lot of ways, but he still had some things to learn. But thankfully, these two believers, they come alongside him. They gently show him more from the scriptures and help him grow in his understanding. And then they send him on his way to go and do more ministry. Oh, that God would raise up more Priscilla's and Aquila's in this world. And that as Christians, we wouldn't just fight or have controversy over things, but that we would graciously learn to learn from one another. And that we would build up one another and help people grow in their faith and then send them on, send them out to do more ministry to serve the Lord. May we see a multiplication of that in our own time. And may we have great faith in our Savior and his promises. And may we see God move mountains and do impossible things for his glory. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.